0: Hello and welcome to Blackwells Presents. My name is Sean Kane. I'm a books journalist at The Guardian and a former bookseller of this parish, the wonderful and labyrinthine Blackwells Bookshop in Oxford. Independent Bookshop Week is part of the Books Are My Bag campaign run by the Booksellers Association and seeks to celebrate independent bookshops in the UK and Ireland, particularly the booksellers who make bookshops what they are. All this week, we're sharing the stories of some of the booksellers at Blackwells in Oxford. And today, sitting in the old gaffer's office with me is Ulrich. Hi, Oric.
1: Hello, how are you doing? <laughs>
0: I'm very well, thank you. And you're a manager of the Norrington Room. That's right, yes. Which is uh, the sort of amazing uh, behemoth of a room at the bottom of, of Blackwell's.
1: Yeah, 10,000 square feet of, of, <laughs> of, of, of bookselling heaven, basically.
0: <laughs> and people that have been listening to this uh, will have heard other references to the Norrington Room. And uh, Dave, uh, who has been on another episode, has spoken about uh, the disputed mileage of sheet of shelves and yes <laughs> a very contentious
1: issue There's, some go for three and a half miles some go for two you know, yeah I know what it is but oh, do I'm, you? Not, I'm not sure I'm it. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs>
0: so tell me about how you sort of came to be a bookseller and how you came to be in this shop in particular
1: uh, so well I came to it slightly by accident in a way I was always interested in writing and wo- I was working as a writer and I had a, a break in, in 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 writing because I left one show and had, didn't have another and I took I took a job at Waterstones for a while, and I really enjoyed it in London, and I loved it. And then from there, I got offered a job at a place called John Sando, which is a wonderful old Dickensian bookshop in um, Offsland Square, and um, and that was an amazing place because not only was it sort of filled with extraordinarily knowledgeable booksellers, but it also had an extraordinary clientele from all over the world of every kind of character writer all sorts of people and and it was absolutely fascinating and Mm. it was just a wonderful and they had an incredibly high standard of of book knowledge of how to recommend and how to really look after a, a customer. So they would, you know, people would come from all over the country just to speak to specific people in the shop. Wow. Um, so that they could, you know, I'm going on my holidays. I want, I want, you know, 10 books. What am I taking? Yeah. You know, they wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have the the conversation. They just take whatever was given them. <laughs> That's such power. Yeah. And when you see that happen, you know, it's very rare when you see that sort of, you know, spit light Ray. I'm sure there's been a <laughs> yes, lot of discussion you know um you know that that kind of real skill was very impressive to me and 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 it was and it's just a a sort of wonderful uh, opportunity to be part of the book trade Mm. and and see books and the book world um Mm. and it's really the keenest edge of that I think yeah I I love that and so when
0: was that was that so that
1: was that was around 2000 and Mm. then and I was there for about um eight or eight or nine years and then I came up here because I moved here for family reasons and Mm. to have kids and, um, and I got a job with Blackwells, which was great. And I used to run the university shop at Brooks mm-hmm. for a while. And then the opportunity came. In fact, I came here. I don't think they know this. But I came <laughs> here to look at the Norrington Room um, when I first went for my, um, uh, when I first applied for Brooks. And I looked at it and I thought, there's no way I could do this. You know, it's really? just look at the scale of it. You know, it's a million five hundred thousand pounds at cost of books. <laughs> One hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand titles. Um, but I thought, well, I'll go away, you know, I'll try and do the Brooks thing and see if, see if I can learn my metal, you know, yeah. and then, and then a couple of years later, the opportunity came up and I went for it and I was very lucky. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's been an extraordinary opportunity because it's, <laughs> it's such an, it's the last, in a way, a last bastion of really huge, huge bookshop, uh, space. Yeah. And, and there's nothing quite like it anywhere I've been.
0: Yeah. And it's separate to that sort of what you might think from like a big, um, when you think big bookshops, you might think something that's rather, like, um, a sort of corporate or, so, you know, like a big, what we think of, like, the enormous, like... Uh, Barnes and Nobles in America exactly. and, and stuff, and the, but and the, and it's the very different, isn't it? Goes,
1: yeah, and the character goes, and you tend to lose that sort of sense of the kind of character of books, mm. which is awful when that happens. Um, but the Norrington Room is not really like that, and uh, partly I think because of its, its history and because it's been part of the university, you know, ever since it was built, it was built in, in relationship with the university. Um, and it has a sort of quality. It's all, all the bookcases were hand built by two carpenters who worked here full time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back this is back in the '60s, <laughs> um, and you know, there's something about that. And and in a way, the sort of the design of it um, is such it's on multiple levels, which means one half is like a natural theatre, and mm-hmm. indeed it's a theatre some of the time. Um, we have shows in the in the in the summer months. Um, but it has it sort of absorbed that quality and character of books, um, which you normally only find in a much smaller shop. Yes. Um, so that's that's a very special thing, and you know it's 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 almost a, it's a bit magic. You, know, you don't <laughs> quite know how to how to make sure that it's okay. You just keep, you keep <laughs> working towards. Is it? You know. How can I keep it? You know, with that character and keep that in there, and that's the most important thing in a way. Mm. And you're not, you're not necessarily certain about how that's done, but. Um, but I think you know, passion for books is, is what it's really about.
0: Mm. Yeah. And to give people a sense of um the, the spectrum that's covered in the Norrington room alone, yeah. um, what so, sort of topics have
1: you got down there? Yeah, so it, it covers it covers all of the, the, the academic discipline pretty much except for history and classics. So you've got the sciences, you've got philosophy, religion, law Business, um, which Beth runs, mm-hmm. um, and um, politics—so um, a very broad spectrum of topic—and and it's sort of divided in, in, a, in a little bit. And the center of the room is more sort of the kind of popular general non-fiction reading, which you know might be more sort of uh, to any any passing reader. Um, because we have all the sort of customers come into there as customer services there. Um, and then as you radiate out from there, it becomes more hard academic. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then you've got things, that, you know, where, where, you know, they branch out into, you know, some very niche areas of specialist uh, research or, or, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it has a huge, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a huge range of, of topics and possibilities.
0: I used to love, um, when I worked here, because I worked on the ground floor in fiction, mm-hmm. um, you would sort of be on the way for people that wanted to go to the so you get a lot of queries that then they'd go follow down to to the and just the amazing spectrum of of the customers that you would get in um so you'd be down there helping those customers Uh, do you have any favorites do you have any uh people Uh, that you love to help
1: sure I mean there's lots of there's lots of extraordinary moments and characters that come in there and you you get um uh you know everything from there's a lovely old gentleman called um Wilbur Wright who comes in who's passionate about transport and trains you know he's a lovely man and you you see him wandering around he he doesn't necessarily talk to everybody but he's he's there and he's been coming for years and years and years and he's just a delight to to look after and he's always interested you know he he, year and year goes by and he but he's always got a a desire to 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 look at something new that might be interesting or you know and he's lovely and that's wonderful and and you know you could there's so many people that you could say that of and then then there's sort of you know there are often extraordinary moments that happen where you have you you know, you'll get an opportunity like um which I've had a few times because I'm a dyslexic which is kind of a, a strange thing to be in this position <laughs> but um I'll, I'll often get parents with who'll come in asking for books for their children mm. um because and they're 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 in a crisis or worried about about the dyslexic side of of whatever's happened you know they, it's come out or they've just you know they're going through their GCSEs or whatever it might be mm. and the opportunity there to to talk to those customers about about it and say you know well you can do this and and you know they'll be okay and you know you can give them a wonderful sort of positive message about reading and books mm. um, that otherwise you know they're they're afraid of and then you hope that that will translate down into to the kids so things like that you know are, I think are, there's always always some something interesting going on
0: yeah and so then someone as someone that is a writer and a bookseller and mm. has dyslexia did you ever have that experience then of someone in a bookshop or a library or Go out um, of their
1: way. Yeah, I had that. Well, no, funny enough, it wasn't in a bookshop. It was it was my aunt who mm. who um, my mum was always fantastically positive about pushing reading and and, and supporting me in that in the difficulties that I had. But it was my aunt who gave me a Sherlock Holmes, a, a tattered copy of Sherlock Holmes when I was about twelve, <laughs> and um, and that that sort of that set me it. off. Yeah, well, I got sort of I got the story, and, and as soon as I got the story, that sort of you know lifted me to let the the problems with the dyslexia go you know and that was that was really a positive but wonderful positive thing mm. um and you know made all the difference in terms of you know branching out and trying new things yeah. which perhaps i probably wouldn't have done before that
0: <laughs> well you have such a wealth of knowledge and even just in your day-to-day life you must see so many different books so uh, we're going to give you the horrible task of giving us five recommendations <laughs> i'm sorry we have to put a limit um but uh, if if a customer's to come into to Blackwells during Independent Bookshop Week and say, "Give me five books."
1: Give me five books. Um, okay. Well, I've I've sort of uh, thought a little bit about this. Uh, you know, this I, I've kind of gone in in the way of having a couple that are sort of old favourites of mine, and 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 three that are sort of more new things that are, that are around at the moment that I've really enjoyed. So my classics would be a, a total favourite of mine is The Count of Monte Cristo, which <laughs> is which is always remarkable whenever you know whenever anyone reads it or gets you the it's so much more than you see on the television or the films of it it has such a pace and excitement and adventure in it and um, and it's just a wonderful joy to read mm-hmm. and I'd recommend that to anyone it has everything in it from murder to treasure to what well, you know it's all in there um, and it's a delight to read Um, A more serious one would be Kapuscinski's um, uh, The Shadow of the Sun, which I just think is a masterpiece of travel writing. It's it's his um, journey across Africa over 30 years as he was the first Polish correspondent out of Poland during the Russian period. Um, And he he was allowed out to to, um, report back. And across 30 years, he he just delivered these incredible reports about life in all, all the countries of Africa, pretty much. I think he went everywhere. Mm. Um, and he sort of brought all this work together in one book called The Shadow of the Sun, which is a sort of sort of memoir of his life across Africa. And it, it's absolutely extraordinary. And, mm. it, and there's such a quality to the writing that is sort of transcends any, anything, anything, almost anything else that I can think of. There's maybe five, five writers that have that sort of travel writing um, uh, marvel in, in the language, as well as the, the depth of content and knowledge mm. that's there. So those are wonderful. Um, And then some new things. I just finished The Club by Leo Damrush, which is um, about Dr. Johnson and um, the group uh, that met at the Turks' Head Tavern in London um, around the time of of, uh, sort of the American Revolution and all all of the sort of um, uh, turmoil of that period. And they were sort of the the great minds of their time. Adam Smith, uh, Burke... um, uh, Gibbon, um, Joshua Reynolds, all these characters all met together and, and the book is very cleverly put together because it's sort of little portraits of each of these figures but then also the wider society and their impact mm. on that society and that's, it's, it's just a joy to read, it's, it's beautifully written but it's also just filled with curious and interesting facts um, <laughs> that sort of kind of you go oh I, I've heard about that before but you've never really sort of put it together with anything and it, it very cleverly contextualises it and the history around it so that's one I'm reading at the moment um, "Chasing the Sun" by Linda Geddes, which is which is fascinating, all about um, how the the sun affects uh, life on Earth, particularly our lives. um, And there's a huge amount of research that's sort of come out quite recently, um, uh, or or a lot of it has been has been uh, exposed quite recently. That uh, exposed being a good word, um, (laughs) you know, that the the health benefits of sun and the implications, both mentally and physically. Um, to how we lead our everyday lives now in comparison with, say, 100 years ago and how and particularly with the advent of technology and all of these kind of things which are sort of distorting the way we absorb light Mm. and that's having huge implications on health and on all sorts of aspects of our lives so it's a really a fascinating book Mm. and it has uh, um, some extraordinary facts that you just quite astonish you when you when you when you and you you, 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 I mean again you it's one of those moments where you go oh of course why wouldn't I be (laughs) sitting out getting some sun more often than I do and I work in a basement which is a little A bit scary so that's part of the reason why i read it you, you know, need get like, one of those satellites i know it's like a mole you know, i'm underground um so that's that's wonderful and then one that i finished recently which was just an extraordinary it's a little bit a little bit off the beaten track but it, it's the most extraordinary book is um a collection of diaries of a russian filmmaker called andrei tarkovsky um which have just come back into print they were, they were unavailable for a while by kitty hunter blair i think or or either she's just produce them or this this
0: translated It just them, translated yeah. them, yeah.
1: Because yeah, they were available, I think, in uh, other languages or have been. But um it's called Sculpting in Time and it's it's um it, I mean it he's a very poet if you've never come across him, he's the most extraordinary filmmaker, quite quite on another level from anything else I can think of. Um he's almost a poet in film and imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know story is almost you, you, you're not even aware of, the, of of how the story is working. And I say that as someone who spent years working in film and television. Um, and he has such a poetic vision um, and such a, a principled and considered view of, of life. M- much of the work that he did is, was reflective of his own life and his own things, but then at the same time, you know, he he worked on um, Lives of Others in Andre Rublev, which was a film about an icon painter in medieval times, um, to something like Stalker, which is a um, sci-fi story by Stanislav Lem, I think. Um, and so there's a very broad spectrum of things, but the visual imagery is extraordinary. And these diaries follow his career working um, in each of these projects. And because he was... Because he was so clever and because the work was so poetically mysterious, um, the authorities didn't really kind of understand what he was doing. But they couldn't get away from the fact that he was utterly brilliant because everybody in the world said, this man's is astonishing. Mm. Um, and so they made his life hell. Um, and he could never get anything made. Um, he made seven films in his life. Um, because they were so frightened of what it might mean, yeah, um, and the diaries explore a little bit and show his whole sort of viewpoint and ideas and there 's something that sort of comes from the the film side into the Diaries, which is so poetic and beautiful, and you, you, you get to the end of it and you don 't even really know what 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 he said that that that's that interesting (laughs) but somehow the way and the depth of his sympathy for human human beings and his his understanding of human life is so great that you sort of you marvel at it and a lot of it is, is him drawing uh, things from other pieces of literature so it leads you in uh, all sorts of journeys to other, other writers and things you haven't seen but he puts them together these little quotes and little things which he puts together in such a way that you go oh wow you know I never thought of that Yeah. and, um, and it's, it's fascinating <laughs> so that, that was a wonderful read and I loved it
0: so. <laughs> When we were talking before we started recording you, want, you were worried that that one might be a bit too obscure but I think you've just totally sold it <laughs> <laughs> well, are you hand-selling it? <laughs> I'm hand-selling it, yeah. yeah. yeah let's hope for the
1: rest.
0: <laughs> well, Thank you so very much, Ulrich, for coming on.
1: You're welcome. It's a pleasure. And thank you for
0: listening to this very special episode of Blackwells Presents. If you'd like to get in touch, do head to Twitter and contact us on at Blackwell Oxford and at Books Are My Bag. From me, Sean Kane, happy reading.